This program is paid for by itswhereiam.com. The content of this program does not reflect the values or opinions of 91.5 KUNV or the University of Nevada, Las Vegas. Good morning, Las Vegas. It's Zandra Pollard with It's Where I Am. Today, my guests are Dr. Gwendolyn Green and Miss Jessica Hernandez. Today, we're going to be talking about protecting our youth in school. Hey, Las Vegas is ranked at the bottom for education and for mental health. So we want to, you know, dive in here and talk about some of the things that parents such as myself and Jessica Mm -hmm. are dealing with in Las Vegas. So I know for me, I had an incident with my son. And luckily, I had the time to deal with the situation. Not every parent has the time and resources to take care of things that may come up in school. So I will say this, my, my, excuse me, not my husband, (laughs) So for me, I will say this. My son was written up for bullying. Now, when I went to the school to hear what happened, I was told, oh, well, you know, we're just going to go through these six papers and, you know, we'll get you out of here right away. Well, no, you're not. What are these six papers? What happened? What are the statements involved? What happened? Because I need to see how your story matches up with my son's story. And they didn't match. So uh, after finding out more information, we reconvened the following week because I was not satisfied with the investigation that was done. And based upon further investigation, it was found out that the situation was deemed uncircumstantial. Along with that, the school was also reported to CPS for educational neglect, harassment, and a list of other things. So this show is about protecting our youth. If you don't have time to do all of this, what would you do if the, if the school called you and said, your son or your daughter is in trouble for X, Y, and Z? If you can even get down there before school is over, how do you handle it? Do you just accept what they say and just go along with the process? You got to stand up for your kids and find out what actually happened. Take some time to investigate and don't be afraid to ask them questions. So, Jessica, I want to get into your story some. Um, I know that you have an unfortunate situation with your child who is on the autism spectrum and uh, she is nonverbal as well. Is that correct? Um, she, she was for a long time. Um, there was a large portion of her career in CCSD that she couldn't 
couldn't express herself uh, verbally. Okay, so as far as I understand, I know that, and this show is not about trying to beat up CCSD. This show is about helping parents support their children and take appropriate action when necessary. Okay, so going on with your story, your child, nonverbal at the time, right? Um, she she was in this class with this teacher for a number of years and for a large portion of that she was nonverbal. Okay. She, after being at home with us during the pandemic and, and spending more time um, in conversation with family members, she somehow <laughs> flourished. And uh, yes. now she's able to talk. This would have been her first year starting in that classroom as a verbal child. Um, uh, I say that to say that she could speak, but okay. she wasn't uh, intelligible is the word that they would use to describe her, her language a lot. Oh, wow. Okay. So let's get to the bottom line. I understand that your child was kicked by her teacher and... When you set up the meeting to speak with the principal, the teacher, and the other, uh, I think the other witness, which was like the teacher's aide or something. The, f the special education facilitator. Okay. Mm -hmm. The teacher admitted to kicking your child. Yes, yes. Okay, so can you tell our audience what happened? Give us the main details of the story. Mm-hmm. Um, my daughter uh, comes home and on the first day she's just acting a little off. I check in with her, do my my duty. I just got her off the bus. I'm seeing her first reaction to coming home and I'm noticing already something's off. I'm asking her what's going on. Mm -hmm. She expresses to me that there were comments made about her hair. Um, there were comments made about her hygiene. So I, I scheduled an appointment, um, a parent-teacher conference with the teacher. Okay. And... The next day, when she came home, uh, weird, again, off, again, she didn't want to talk to me this time. Uh, she spoke to her dad, though, when he got home and expressed to her that the teacher had kicked um, another classmate and her. So you notice change in mm -hmm. behavior. Two days in a row, your child came home not the same as she normally would have, right? So that was your indicator. Yep. Okay. So what questions did you then ask? How was school was the first one. Okay. Um, and then I went on to, are you okay? Are you doing all right? Um, she had this look on her face and, and it didn't take but maybe half a second. Uh, she got off the bus and probably with one foot still on the bus and me saying, what's going on? Are you okay? Mm -hmm. She's telling me, I need to take a shower. I need to get my hair changed. That was the first day. That was immediate. She's telling me things that, you know, she does say when she's ready to take a shower, she's on top of it. I'm on top of it. But she was adamant. She needed to do it now and outside of her schedule. Because you told me the teacher said what to her? Um, well, one of the teachers asked her if she takes showers at home or or expressed to her that she t should take showers at home. Um, there's a little bit of a miscommunication there, but comments on her hygiene. Mm -hmm. And then the um, second teacher asked her, asked her what happened to your hair um, in a way that, that hurt my daughter's feelings, according to her, 
her recount of what happened. She okay. told me that the teacher asked, uh, what happened to your hair? She gave so me the So explain the what happened to your hair. Mm-hmm. So how was her hair previously? Well, um, my daughter has tight Afro curls, and she likes her little Afro puffs. And, and she had uh, twists in originally for okay. picture day. Okay. Some little barrettes in there. And then um, the twists and the beads that were attached to it were taken out. Okay, so she was wearing her hair in a natural state. Right. She okay. went from having a tight hairdo to a loose natural style Okay. overnight. Okay. And the teacher asked. Well, we all know what that's <laughs> like after taking our braids out, you know, as African-American women. Mm-hmm. You know, we wear our braids and one day and the next day we may not have them in. Right. And specifically for my daughter, it relates to her sensory issues. Sure. She has an issue keeping her hair in braids or keeping beads on because they'll clack together. Right. Because you were saying because she's on the autism spectrum that that sound from the beads Mm -hmm. was disturbing for her. Yep. It was irritating. Okay. She was desperate to have her hair done in a style for for picture day. She Mm -hmm. got it done. She sat through it, wore it the whole day and then came home and wanted it out. So I just want to understand, I can, okay, I do understand the issue with the hair. Mm -hmm. Okay. As an African-American woman, I do understand the issue with the hair. Uh, What I do not understand is the teacher admitting to kicking her. Mm -hmm. And, and when she admitted it, it was like, um, she was telling you she was playing like a game, a kicking game. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, and, and based on, what my daughter had told me about the scenario, I was hoping that it was uh, a game, like maybe it was in PE or something like that. I, I went with all the reasonable outlets first. Right. Um, like I, maybe it could have been a Doug Doug Goose game. Maybe she tripped. Or, right. I didn't know okay. at first. Um, and so I, I called up. But once my daughter said that another child had been kicked as well, and I asked her, was this playing was this mean was this happy i was trying to figure out words that she knew to express what she she was saying had happened sure um once i found out that we were dealing with something that might be a scenario where the teacher could deny it i scheduled with the principal when we got there the the teacher sat across from us and and did not say it was part of pe did not say it was part of an actual group what game did she say that it's something that she does with the other student regularly. It's part of a game they regularly play, <laughs> that he's 100% all boy, and that that's just how he plays. That's oh, wow. how they play. Um, she stated that she knew she shouldn't play it with uh, my daughter, but that my daughter was adamant. She wanted to join in, and um, it was actually from that teacher's admission of, of what happened that I learned that it hurt my daughter. Okay. She had never stated that she said ow or that it hurt. It was it was the teacher sitting across from me saying But her she foot said it. came off the ground mm-hmm. and onto my child. Right. So th- I okay. And I'm not so accidentally, sorry. but right. with intent that she expressed. So what was the outcome for this teacher? Well, was we, there a write up? I mean, what happened? Well, as of right now, I don't know. Um, I asked in that meeting, uh, the principal and, and my other family members that were there, 
asked uh, the principal to make sure that there was a, a report written or that the proper channels were notified so that mm-hmm. if another parent came up three years later and said that this happened, they wouldn't be sitting there alone, just their word against hers, that my daughter's account would be would be uh, heard as well. And um, then they told us that we needed to get her into school as soon as possible. So they just wanted her right back in school was there an apology given? Not that, you know, it should stop there, but did she get an apology? The teacher did not apologize. Okay. Um, the teacher... She should have understood that this was a kicking game that she plays uh, with her students and it should have been acceptable. Is that it? Mm. Um, well, she said that, that the other little boy runs up and, and will poke her, so she pokes him, and then he'll kick her, so she kicks him, and... She gave a different location um, than where my daughter did as to where she was kicking. Um, my daughter said it was one part of her body, and the teacher said a different part. But that was the only the only area where their stories didn't line up. I remember you telling me when you first told me about the story, you said something about the teacher telling your child, uh, don't tell lies to mm. mommy. Don't go home and tell stories to mommy is what she said. And um, again, a symptom of of what my daughter deals with in in her autism diagnosis is that she takes things literal. So when the teacher said, don't go home and tell stories to mommy, she didn't. She waited until dad got home and she told him the story. And and that's how it got out. Um, And I was clear when when my daughter said that her teachers told her, don't go home and tell stories. Don't tell stories to mommy. I asked her, well, are your stories true or are they not true? She told me they were true. So I went into that school, into that meeting with the principal, hoping that my daughter just misunderstood. But I knew she wasn't telling something other than the truth. Right. Yeah. Wow. So again, this is about how to protect youth in school. Now, they do normally have a child psychologist present at the school. However, if you were to ask me their name, I couldn't tell you. Do you know your child's school psychologist? Maybe you should find out. So today I'm glad we have Dr. Green here today to help unravel some of this stuff. Like, what do we do as parents? What is the correct uh, process when your child has a complaint? Well, first off, I want to start by saying, you know, good job to Jessica for being a mom that interacts with her child, especially a child that's on the spectrum. Um, I'm just appalled to hear that uh, educator thought that it was a good idea to play a kicking game with any child mm-hmm. that's struggling with a neurocognitive delay. Normally in the school district, uh, in the autism classes, they'll have a typical peer or multiple typical peers placed in that class that are in there to demonstrate appropriate behaviors. And we know that one of the behaviors that you know we want to diminish or keep low is the assaultive types of behaviors. And to play a game with a child where you're kicking them and allowing them to kick you back just encourages that type of behavior that you really want to um, extinguish, right? So I'm just appalled that there was an educator that admitted to playing such a game with such a fragile population. Um, After that, you know, I think that it's really good that you talk to your child. 
And that's important, right? So sometimes as parents, you know, the day just gets away from us and we'll get home and, and, you know, we'll ask our kids, well, how was your day? And they're trying to explain and then we're off to get dinner ready or to get the laundry done or whatever else we have to do when we get home. So, you know, it's important for us as parents to make sure that we're giving our children that time to share their day with us. Even if they don't share it with us, that first prompt when we ask, how was your day? Mm-hmm. You know, we always want to make sure that we're going back and encouraging that dialogue because maybe they don't remember what happened in that moment or, you know, they're still kind of trying to process their emotions from what, what happened during the day before they share that with us. Now, definitely, if your child shares with you something that happened through their day that's completely inappropriate, either they're being bullied or... or um, the teacher, they feel like the teacher is bullying them or treating them unfairly, you know, as parents, we're the gatekeepers. So we have to go in, we have to follow up, we have to make the phone calls to the appropriate parties to start that investigation, right? Mm -hmm. Because there's always two sides to every story. Mm -hmm. And, you know, sometimes I feel that in certain situations, you know, the, they'll try and paint the picture to you in a certain way, but your child experienced it very differently. Sure. Yeah. And so even if the teacher is saying, well, you know, we were just playing a game and it was fun and I knew I shouldn't have played it with her, your daughter experienced it as an assaultive episode mm-hmm. where she was injured mm-hmm. by somebody that she trusted, by someone that, you know, she looked forward to going to school to, to be with every day as part of her routine. So... You know, that's disturbing. That's that's very disturbing because then you start to diminish the trust in the child in going into certain social situations and interacting with other people. So, you know, you did a good job, I think, asking for that meeting and, you know, wanting to get in front of the appropriate administrators to start that dialogue and find out exactly what was going on in the classroom. Um, you know, beyond that, my next question would have been like, so how is this going to be reported, right? Because that's an assault, you know, and, and your daughter experienced it as an ex- assault. So, but what I'm thinking is in the school system, I feel like it's kind of like the police, you know, like they have each other's backs, you know, like they are looking out for each other, but they're really supposed to be looking out for the best interest of your child. The direct quote from that meeting that my mother continues to be haunted by is the principal's first words to us, which were, we trust, insert teacher's name, implicitly. So the principal said that she trusts the teacher implicitly? Implicitly was the word. Okay. So, Dr. Green, it is so very important that we talk with our children every day. Even if it's just a how did school go? Try to get some descriptors out of them. Try to get more information because, as you said, your child ex- is your child's experience can be different from the educators, right? So with that being said, having dialogue with our children when they come home from school as we're probably making a meal, doing laundry, doing it at the same time because we, as women... Or stay-at-home parents, male or female, are multitasking, right? So, um, so when we find out these egregious uh, behaviors by the educators, and we know 
Well, first thing I need to do was set up a meeting, right? And I found from having, you know, my family, it's best to have everyone involved. It's best to have the teacher there, the principal there, Mm -hmm. whomever is a part of the situation, and both parents if they can be. So um, I think it just nips a lot of, you know, little things in the bud, and you can get straight to the situation and get it handled. Um, is there anything you want to help us understand, Dr. Green, about psychologists being in the school? Because like I said, I actually met one. Um, I knew of one, but I have not heard of anyone else. And I know it's up to me to find out that information, but a lot of parents don't even know that they exist in the school. Mm-hmm. Correct. And so I'm not 100 percent, you know, familiar with the process with the school district. But what I do know is that they do uh, attempt to provide that psychological support. Now, generally, with the psychologists within the school district, they're there to do more of the assessment type of activities with regard to, you know, assessing uh, educational needs, um, sometimes uh, psychosocial needs, but not necessarily in there to provide any type of um, crisis intervention or clinical interventions. Okay. But the school district has done a a pretty decent job about having clinical social workers available that go between schools to provide that type of support for youth that, you know, are are at the school. So again, it becomes one of those things where kind of us as parents sometimes have to do the digging to find out who these resources are. Um, You know, at the beginning of the school year, generally schools will have like an open house activity or event. That's a good time to get to know what supports are available for your kids should they encounter a situation where, you know, they they need to talk to someone, they want to speak to a counselor, but not necessarily about their academics, right? Because most times the counselors are there for academics, especially as we get higher into the grade levels, your middle school and your high school uh, levels of education. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, just getting to know what kind of resources are available and who you can go to if you have specific concerns about your child's educational process or the treatment that they're receiving in the classroom or just their social interactions with other kids that are in the school with them. So I want to thank both of you ladies for being on the show today. Jessica, you gave us a powerful personal testimony of an event that happened with your child. And uh, I wish you the best as you continue to deal with the situation, because it's not over. It's not over. (laughs) Um, And I want to thank you, Dr. Green, for being here. Although you do not work in the school, Dr. Green, um, I'm familiar with because she was at our Women Empowerment Conference last month. And she just really stood out to me as a phenomenal, well-spoken, extremely knowledgeable person that I wanted to get to know on a deeper level so that she can help more people. So I wanted to invite Dr. Green on the show to um, 
help our community and to be able to provide a resource uh, for people out there. And she is available. So I, my agency provides clinical care for our community. So uh, I treat children, adolescents, and adults. Um, in Jessica's case, I would highly recommend that uh, she gets her daughter into some type of individual psychotherapy uh, so that her daughter can better process the events of that situation so that it doesn't uh, cause any trauma or cause any continued trauma. Um, Do you think that it's important for the parent to get um, therapy as well? Because I know if I went through something like that, um, I'd have trust issues as well with like leaving my child, you know, at another school or a daycare or whatever. Yes, absolutely. So, of course, being in the field of mental health, I'm a mental health advocate. So it doesn't hurt to go in and talk to a clinician and work through, you know, whatever you have. Traumas, if you're just trying to work through how to goal set and move forward with things that you want to achieve in life, if you want to make your family better. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because I know as parents, you know, we internalize the hurt sometimes when our children are wronged or, you know, something happens to our kids and we immediately feel like, oh, my God, how did I let that happen to my child? I'm responsible for that. So definitely, I highly recommend that also parents, Jessica, get into psychotherapy, work through some of those issues, work through those concerns, improve your level of functioning and, you know, take on the world. And if you don't have a therapist and you're in need of one, please go to my website, itswhereiam.com. There are a list of resources there. Um, We want to make sure that you have resources available at your fingertips to get the help that you need. So with that being said, I want to thank all my 91.5 Jazz and More listeners for tuning in today. Protect our youth. It's where I am.com. We'll see you next month, second Saturday of the month at 8.30 a.m. Make sure you tune in this May 29th at 7.30 a.m. for our new spinoff show, We're Over Here. My co-host is Nikita Smith, and we'll see you Sunday. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in. See you next month. Bye.